Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teaching professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Rodrigo, your host, and normally alongside uh, is my good friend and co-host, LPGA professional and Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller. Uh, unfortunately, she is off this week, uh, but she will be coming back uh, next week. And uh, so I'm going to be, as they say, holding down the fort here uh, on the show this morning. But I want to thank everybody for joining us live here uh, this Tuesday morning, uh, June 4th, and uh, glad you could join us. Got a very uh, special guest this morning, Min Lee uh, from Taiwan, is going to be joining me here in just a second. I'll tell you a little bit about her, but just uh, let me remind uh, everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the blogtalkradio.com network. And obviously the easiest way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf. Uh, you can also listen on some other great areas and social media platforms. And at the end of the show, uh, if you stick around, there's a little outro that will tell you some of the other great ways that you can tune into the program. So I hope you'll stick around for that as well. There's lots of great ways to listen. Uh, but for those of you listening live, thank you very much again for joining us. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, i got a very special guest this morning, Min Lee from Taiwan. She's a two-time winner on the China Amateur Tour in 2012 and 2014. Uh, graduated from the Symmetra Tour where she competed uh, in 18 events on the, her road to the LPGA in 2014 and played the weekend 16 times. Uh, she recorded eight top 10, uh, sorry, top 10 finishes that season, including a win at the Garden City Cl- uh, Charity Classic. Uh, then she went on to the LPGA where she had 83 starts uh, since her rookie year in 2015 with a career best uh, tied for 12th at the 2015 U.S. Women's Open. She also captured some victories at both the 2018 CLPGA Women's China Open and the 2018 uh, TLPGA Taiwan Mobile Ladies Open. So a very accomplished player. And of course, this past weekend on the Cementa Tour, she won the 2019 uh, Valley Forge Invitational. So very accomplished player, and I'm very excited to have her join me this morning here. Welcome, Min. Hello, Ted. Hello, everyone. I'm doing well, and we're we're very excited uh, and glad to have you joining uh, here this morning. And again, my apologies that Cindy wasn't able to join us, but uh, hopefully you'll go out, as I'm sure you will, and you'll win again this season. And we'll have you back for uh, for another time here on the show, and and I'll make sure that Cindy is available for that time. But um, thank you for joining me this morning. And let's start off uh, first by saying congratulations on your win this past weekend at the Valley Forge Invitational, and I believe that was up in Pennsylvania, correct? Yeah, it is. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. There's so many tournaments that you you ladies play, and it's hard to keep track of them all. So I, I try to do my best. All right, so let's talk about first off. Let's talk about the course conditions. How did you find? Uh, obviously, you ultimately went on to win the tournament, but how did you find throughout the week uh, the course conditions? Was it a tough course? Was it a relatively easy course? Very receptive course? How did you find it overall? Uh, I would say it's a great course to uh, for a tournament. Um, the course condition it was perfect. Um, the greens are rolling great, and the the course the front nine was um, 
the front nine and the back nine is very totally different golf course. So the front nine was um, wide open, so everything is pretty much in front of you. Uh, but the back right. nine, there's some um, tee shot that you have to uh, you have to know that where you want to go because there's some bunkers over there or there's some carry you have to uh, be aware. So uh, it's a great course for a competition, and I'm really glad that I do well over there. Yeah, and and that's that's important too. You've got to um, you know a lot of people talk about that that play uh, touring professionals such as yourself as some courses really fit their eye and other courses not so much. Um, would it be safe to say that this particular course really fit your eye? Yeah, I will say so because I went to tournament. Uh, right. But, uh, <laughs> well, ultimately, yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I think the course is set up really good with my eyes, so I don't really have to uh, swing differently or try to make different kind of shot that I normally hit. So this, I just felt like this is very comfortable for, for my golf game. <laughs> right. Well, and and the reason why I ask that is, as most people that are listening, you know, if they play a little bit of golf, uh, everybody sort of has um, typically, uh, at least the amateurs do, typically one sort of ball flight. They're either sort of a left to right uh, or a right to left. Um, obviously, do, people don't hit it straight all the time. So, uh, you know, Jack, uh, Jack Nicholas, of course, who went on to win 20 majors, uh, talked about how he was a left to, to right ball flight uh, player. So certain holes and even some courses didn't typically fit his eye very well. So um, that's why I asked that question. So let's talk about the event. Uh, obviously, you went on uh, to tie with Esther Leaf, who is from California. Uh, and you ultimately had to go through a playoff, and you both finished at 15 under par, which is a great, great score. So obviously uh, that goes to, as you said, the course obviously fit both of your eyes. Um, how did you play in the – let's go to the final round. How did you play in the final round uh, that put you in that position for a playoff? Um, for the final rounds, I I did it pretty good. Uh, I started the front nine very well. Uh, and then at the back nine, I kind of slowed down a little bit, maybe because the nerve comes into me. So I was, um, I didn't make a lot of putts. Uh, so, but after, after I, oh, well, when I, when I was on 11th hole and then I kind of come across with Esther. So I kind of saw her scores and she was two shots behind me. But I have kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of have idea that she's gonna make some birdie on the back, on the back. So um, I kind of forced myself to be more like play more safer or not trying to do something crazy. Uh, but at the end on the 18th hole, I finally saw their leaderboard and she was tied with me. And I'm like, okay, is either gotta go to the playoff or I'm gonna win the tournament. So I already have something in my mind on the 18th. Uh, although right. I have uh, about seven feet putt for birdie to win the tournament, um, I think I was wearing sunglasses and it was dark, so maybe that's why I missed the putt. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> definitely it was. <laughs> so right. at the first playoff, I have same kind of distance but just a little longer. So I took my sunglasses out <laughs> just be- just for myself can have better uh, speed to the putt. Right, and and that's interesting. A lot of people might not understand that, but you you obviously, especially as as a, a top ranking player, you know you need to be able to read those greens. And sometimes, you know, sunglasses certainly help keeping the sun into your eyes, but sometimes it can it can have a negative effect when you're trying to read the greens because sometimes it it hides the shadows and 
and things and, and the undulations that are in the green. So obviously that was a smart play. Um, I, I want to go yeah, back to something and, and I, right. Am I, am I right on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to just go back a little bit for a second. Uh, and I probably should have started with this, but uh, you actually started the tournament um, with a pretty good charge. You got, uh, I think you were seven under, if I'm not mistaken, in your first round. So you had a pretty good uh, position how important is that for you? Some players, you know, can kind of just go along and let things happen. But is getting a good jump on the, on a on a tournament like that important for you? And it gives you obviously a boost of confidence. Uh, definitely. So I haven't I haven't had really low score for a while, and then uh, so I started I started around pretty good, and then at the last six hole, I had five birdies straight. So that gives me a lot of confidence. And then after the turn, after the day, I was thinking about, you know, just play a nine go- two two days of golf and just trying to enjoy the tournament because, you know, obviously I haven't played for a long time. Uh, but you know, I have some experience uh, before that I was leading the tournament whole, like all three days, and then finally I win the tournament. So, I mean. I kind of tell myself that I have that experience, so this is not going to bother me. So I'm just going to – I was just thinking about just have some good golf shots and try to make good putts. Does it, if it goes in, it goes in. If it doesn't go in, I'm just trying to make another stroke and make it in. Yeah. And, 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 and again, you know, having a great start to a tournament, obviously everybody wishes for that. That gives your, your – you know, helps to elevate your confidence level throughout the rest of the tournament. Um, so that was obviously important for you as well, and and obviously you know, Min, you've had some experience as I mentioned in the in the in, uh, introduction. You know, you've won some other events, including back in 2014, you won the Garden City Charity Classic. So you've already won on the Symmetra Tour, and you've won in other tours as well, uh, and obviously done very well out in the LPGA. Um, so you're able to draw from some of those experiences. Um, I, I want to ask you because you mentioned the leader, uh, the scoreboard. You know, when you come up to 18, are you a scoreboard watcher typically, or are you someone that just sort of focuses strictly on your game? And occasionally, if you'll glance up at the board, uh, or do you really pay attention to what's going on around you? Uh, yeah, I am the person that would like to watch uh, to watch the scoreboard. Just kind of gives me an idea like where I am, but I I don't try to let them bother me. Just like you right. know. Because I cannot control everybody on the leaderboard, I can only control myself and my golf game. So I'm just trying to do my best and then let it happen. Whatever, whatever is gonna happen, it will, it will happen. So um, I just follow the flow and then, but I just curious about what happened in the world. <laughs> right. Well, and and you know that's important. That's a great point because you know, and this is a great lesson for for many of our amateurs out there that are maybe playing in corporate events and things like that is you can't control what the other players are doing uh, in that event. You can only control what you're doing. Um, so, you know, it's nice to know what's going on around you and, and kind of be, you know, a little bit cognizant of it, but you don't want to get so mm-hmm. absorbed uh, that it starts to affect how you play. If you get nervous because you're a couple of strokes behind the, the leader uh, and then suddenly you, you start falling apart because you're not really paying attention to your own game anymore. You're more concerned about what the other players are doing. So that's a great point. Um, something else too, obviously when you finished this, this tournament here this past weekend, of course the win uh, means uh, something very special for you. Uh, you know, this is another one in the United States here. Um, 
and I noticed also too that you, you indicated in, in some of your post um, uh, interview uh, with the Symmetra Tour that uh, you get a lot of texts and support from family and friends and especially you enjoy uh, seeing some of the comments coming through social media like uh, Facebook and that sort of cheering you on. Um, are you a big social media person and how important is it to really get that, that sort of uh, constructive positive feedback from, from family and friends? And fans. Uh, you know, oh yeah. So, I'm kind of slow on social media. Mostly, uh, what I focus in on is on the Facebook. Uh, so, although I, when I finished my first round, I I got a lot of messages from um, a lot of friends from Taiwan or my friends around uh, all around the world. So, um, I'm very great. Like, I'm very grateful that I have so many fans and family following me. And um, it's just so nice to know that, you know, even though you're not, you're not playing well, they're still supporting you. And now you're, you're having a good tournament and they're just like, they all come out at the same time and like, oh, I'm explode. <laughs> but um, right. it's so nice to have like a lot of people that supporting you, even though they're not here with you, but they're still supporting you far away from you. Um but it's just so it's just so nice to have so many good vibes to playing in the tournament. Um, it just and I'm just happy I have that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important. I, I think it's like anything in life, Min. I think you've got to have a balance. Um, obviously, there's some people that get very absorbed uh, in social media to the point where it affects everything else in their life. They're more concerned about how many likes and you know so on and so forth. Um, and it's Definitely. good. I, I found it very, yeah. I found it very interesting your comment that you said that you know you're a little bit slower with social media. So obviously it's something that you participate in, but it doesn't overtake or overshadow uh, your everyday life. So that's good that you know you use it for the right purpose to, to communicate with with friends and family that you don't get to see all the time. Um, and it's also a good source of of some positive vibes, uh, as you mentioned, uh, as well. So I, I like that because I think sometimes, especially for uh, the younger generations coming up, uh, obviously I'm a little bit yeah. older than you are, quite a, quite a bit older <laughs> than you are. Um, I, I use mine, yeah, I use my social media purely for um, very same thing, you know, communicating with, with family and friends, but also for promoting uh, the shows that I do. Uh, so it's more of a business tool for me. Um, I want to mention something because I, I, there was a little bit of an incorrection in the introduction, um, and I want to correct that now uh, because I believe yesterday, and correct me if I'm wrong, was your birthday. Yes. <laughs> so happy birthday. So not only did you win, um, but you're no longer 23. You're now 24. And in fact, um, when the clock struck midnight back in your hometown – uh, you were about to hit your second shot on, on the par 5 10th here in the U.S., obviously because there's a time difference. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You actually turned 24 while you were playing in the event. So uh, another year older and another year wiser. Um, what did you do? Thank Anything you. specific? <laughs> uh, you're, you're welcome. Uh, anything specific that you did or, or going to do to celebrate? Um, so, you know, I was – so before the tournament finished, or even before the 6 p.m. before the turn, I mean before mon next Monday, um, I was still gonna play the Monte Fire for uh, this week at the Atlantic City, the Shoprite LPGA. I still, I was still thinking about I gotta go there and play the Monte Fire. 
so I was, you know, everything's got to prepare to, you know, get ready for the Monte qualifier. But about 6 p.m., 7 p.m., about Sunday night, um, I got the message that says I'm, I'm in the tournament. So all of a sudden I'm like, okay, Monday I'm free now. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> I was thinking about, oh, where should we go celebrate? And uh, plus we're so close to New York City, and my friend came right. over from Orlando. She drove up to Pennsylvania to see me. Oh, well, because she has a right. long drive, so she missed my playoff, but she still make it. Um, so we're thinking about, hey, how about just go to New York City and just have, have some fun? And plus, my mom has a friend that she hasn't met for 40 years. She lives right. um, next to the city. So we were thinking about, oh, let's just go there and have some have some nice dinner and celebrate my birthday. And also my mom can meet, meet up my, friend, uh, my mom's friend. So, um, yeah, we had a good time over there. And then we went to a really good Italian restaurant. And just, you know, we didn't drink anything. We just drink water. Um, right. <laughs> so, and then we come back late last night. So it was, it was great. Um, it really changed my, um, my, my mind about how I think about New York City. Because I remember the last few times I went there, it was so busy and a lot of cars. Um, right. And this time was, we were just walking and take subway and it was, and then we walked the uh, Brooklyn Bridge. It was so nice, and the weather was just perfect. Mm-hmm. It's not too hot. So I think that's a great um, birthday gift for myself, although I didn't go shop. but. <laughs> well, but you, you can that's – prob- yeah, that's probably just as well. You saved a little bit of money uh, from your win. But what a great <laughs> way uh, – yeah, what a great way to, uh, to celebrate your birthday with a win like that that obviously had to make it a little bit extra special – and it was nice that you, your mom is here to uh, to share that with you, and and uh, your friend was able to to drive up uh, from Orlando, as you said, and, and join you as well, and and uh, you know spend a great time. And I, and I agree with you. I'm I'm exactly like you. Um, I've been to New York many many times. Uh, one of the uh, first times I, I went with a young lady that I'm I'm currently seeing, um, we went uh, to New York and we actually drove, and. Uh, it was great on the road trip, but when we got into New York, parking is terrible. I mean, it costs a fortune, and you really can't move very yeah. fast. So we decided no. not to do that the next time. So we fly into LaGuardia or what have you and, and do the same as you. We walk and take the subway and, and uh, even Ubered a couple times, uh, you know, to, to yeah, do different things. So um, that's the best way. And, and uh, you know, we rented some bikes in uh, in Central Park and, and rode around and and uh she she literally kicked my butt on that uh she she goes like a little <laughs> speed demon on that bike so but we had a great time and i'm glad that you were able to enjoy that um i, I want to um mention something else too here which was kind of interesting i i saw in some of the notes that uh, that zach who of course is the media specialist at uh, the Symmetra tour you actually had very low expectations um you know coming into this uh, event the valley forge uh, in invitational, um, you were really just wanting to have a good week and, and play some good golf. Why did you have that sort of mindset coming in? You, I think you alluded to earlier that you hadn't maybe been playing as well and you just really wanted to have a, uh, a good event, win, lose, or draw. Um, how have you been playing over the last uh, little bit this year so far? Uh, and is that part of the reason you came in with, with some low expectations? So uh, as a lot of people know that uh, the last two uh, last two years, I've been down for a while, 
And so at the time, I was trying to figure out why, why I couldn't play well. So I was talking to a lot of um, a lot of my friends or some bis- like very successful businessmen in Taiwan, uh, just basically kind of sharing things about me or I'm asking questions about how do they how do they success or what uh, what kind of attitude should I should uh, what they had on the way to success. So I have a lot of. Um, advice from a lot of different kind of people and finally i i got one that um it's not it's not the same as a lot of successful people so right mostly most people or players they they have really strong mind that they wanted to win the tournament or they've been very very tough and so and i mean that's the way they success but I think I'm kind of different. I'm I'm a different person. So the right. way that worked for me is to have low expectation and, you know, I would say less care or care less. Just don't think about what I want. Like, don't think about winning a tournament or trying to be tough. And, well, now it's for me to, you know, sit by and relax and trying to have a turn a nice week and don't try too hard. So that doesn't give me a lot of pressure of, you know, I I have to win the tournament to be able to, you know, reach my goal. So right. that lower my pressure and my stress. And that re- that worked really well for me. Just, you know, um, you know, I don't I don't get killed if I don't make it. So right. um that's the way that try to I, I when I play well. So the last few tournaments that I won in Taiwan and in China, I had really low expectation. You know, I just try, I just go there and then you know I'm just trying to make some friends or talk to people and then trying to you know have a good golf game. So and then the the win comes with it. So um, I think for me is not trying so hard to win the tournament because. Um, if I have good golf, if good golf, good golf shot, have good putt, I'll make birdies. So more birdies will, will comes with, you know, victory if I'm lucky. <laughs> so low expectation. Right. If I have a if I have high birdie, and I feel like oh, that's a bonus for me. So that's kind of add up so many good vibes for, to me. Instead of oh, if I make a birdie, oh, that makes sense because I wanted to. Yeah, that, that's a great way. And, and let me just clarify for, for people that are listening um, what exactly what you're saying because I think I don't want people to misunderstand that. When you're saying that you have low expectations, it doesn't mean you're coming in without any expectations of, of win. It's just that you're not putting that undue pressure on yourself saying, I've got to win this tournament or you know, because I, I need to maintain my card or I need to do this. You're coming in yeah. with realistic expectations that you can't win every single tournament. And that's a great attitude really to have because you're exactly right. You're not putting unnecessary pressure. The, the, the event itself is, is provides, believe me, enough pressure um, for you young ladies to be out there. You're battling against some of the other um, stars, if you will, out, out on tours. Um, and, you know, if you come in all the time with the expectations of winning, it sounds great in theory, but the truth of the matter is we've seen a lot of professionals over the years that burn themselves out because they cannot maintain that sort of level of constant, um, you know, I've got to win, I've got to win, I've got to win. And then when they don't, yeah. it, it hits them harder 
than if they come in and just yes. say, I'm going to play my best. I'm going to play my game. I think that was some very great advice that uh, this individual gave you. And I think, obviously, it, it served you well this week uh, up at uh, Valley Forge <laughs> Invitational because, obviously, you ultimately went on to win the tournament. So that gives you the confidence you need to move forward. But at the same time, you don't develop a sort of a cocky or arrogant um, uh, way about yourself thinking, okay, I'm going to win every tournament now. Uh, it just reinforces that you're doing the right thing. That, and then kudos to you. That's, yeah. that's a very smart thing to do. Um, yeah, thank so, you for uh, putting all together for me. <laughs> yeah. No, you said it very well yourself, and, and uh, I, I think – but, I, you know, I, I just want to make sure that people understand they're listening because I think sometimes people, when they hear that, they say, well, low expectations – um, that sort of a negative, you know, you're coming in and you don't think you have a chance. That's not what you're saying. It's just that you're, right. you're trying not to, to ramp up the pressure so that if you don't win, um, you're not, you know, suddenly hitting rock bottom and thinking, God, right. I, you know, I come in here. Right. You're coming in there yeah. with an expectation that you can win if you do the right things. But if you don't win, you're going to be okay with that as well, as long as you played your best. And, and it goes to what you said earlier is that you're there to focus on your game, not what everybody else is doing. And if, if you know, right. if the others want to, you know, come in with that expectation they're going to win every tournament, let them do it. That's not how you're going to play. And ultimately, as I said, it, it served you well. Um, Min, if you can hang tight for just a second, uh, we're going to just take a, a, a literally a little uh, few second break here. Uh, and then we're going to talk about, uh, as I put it, the day in life of a touring pro, of course, being you. We're going to talk about some other things on how you prepare and get ready uh, for tournaments and so forth. But first, I want to just uh, remind everybody, uh, thank you for joining us live here on the Women of Golf Show this morning on the blogtalkradio.com network. And uh, I, for those of you that uh, maybe run a business or own your own business out there and uh, you want a, a great person to connect with uh, for some executive training, uh, both on and off the golf course, there's really nobody better uh, than my good friend and co-host LPJ professional Cindy Miller. So take a listen to some ways that she can help you in a way that you can reach out to help her. Everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course. Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or Golf 101 for executives, might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. For more information, go to cindymillerinc.com. All right. It was a great uh, little audio clip from Cindy Miller. Uh, again, go to cindymillerinc.com after the show, and you can reach out to Cindy. And if you're somebody in uh, the corporate world and you would like to connect with her, that's the best way to do it. So, um, all right, I'm here with my very special guest this morning, uh, Min Lee, the winner of the 2019 Valley Forge Invitational on the Symmetra Tour, uh, and also a uh, birthday celebrator, if you will, here just uh, yesterday. Uh, she spent some time up in New York. Uh, welcome back, Min. Thank you for, for being so patient, and thank you for, uh, for continuing our conversation this morning and, and helping me out a little bit here on the show. Yeah, <laughs> my pleasure. Uh, well, thank you. Um, all right, so um, before we start this segment here, uh, you mentioned that you're going to be in the uh, ShopRite uh, Classic, uh, LPJ Classic, uh, this week. Um, so you're going to get out there, and, and obviously, and that's in Atlantic City, correct? Yes, it is. All right, um, and you're going in with a world of confidence, as we just talked about. 
with your win on the Symmetra Tour. So that's going to give you that little extra boost. But uh, again, you're not going to go in with uh, super high expectations that you're going to necessarily win the tournament, but you're going to go out there and, and give it your best. And here's some ways too, folks, uh, for those of you tuning into the show, um, you know, that we're going to talk with, with Min here and talk a little bit about some of the things uh, that she might do uh, in preparation, not only for the tournament, but in her everyday life that keeps her sort of at the top of her game, uh, both physically and uh, emotionally as well. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. So, you know, get a pen and paper or, uh, you know, listen to the show again many times if you want just to uh, to get some of these great points because I'm sure she's going to give you some very great advice. Let's talk about nutrition. Uh, let's talk about daily nutrition. I mean, uh, are you somebody that is very diligent or very cautious about what you eat or every once in a while you might you know sort of fall off the wagon and, and uh, maybe have a you know a little sweet or, or something uh, but do you stick to a pretty regimented uh, nutrition program or no uh actually because i'm a foodie so it's very hard to hard for me to <laughs> you know have a nutrition program but um that would be no definitely, right <laughs> Yeah, that would be no. So, um okay. <laughs> for my daily nutrition, it's it's very easy. I just you know, try to have more protein and some good carbs and a lot of vegetables obviously like as everybody does. So, I'm not I'm not very crazy about like be eating a lot of superfoods or eating a lot, a lot of nuts. So, right. I'm I'm sorry I cannot give you any good advice about me. <laughs> But I'm just trying to enjoy my life of eating. <laughs> right. I'm kind of like you. I'm I'm sort of a mixed bag. The reason why I ask that is, you know, obviously, men, in, in all seriousness, you know, you, you're playing at a very high competitive level. And obviously, you know, having the right energy, um, you, know, uh, you know, you're not just playing one round. You're playing multiple rounds in a tournament, which requires a lot of stamina. So, you know, that doesn't mean you can't, uh, you know, have some, uh, you know, cheat a little bit, if you will. Um, obviously if you enjoy eating, but, um, you know, as a social thing and that too, but at the same time, you do have to watch a little bit what you eat because you don't want to eat foods that are maybe high in sugar and, and so forth that are going to end up causing you to, to crash while you're out there in the golf course. So, um, even though you may not be religious in, in how you eat, you are mindful of what you eat, uh, especially when you're in, in heavy tournaments and things like that, correct? Definitely. So, uh, although I'm a foodie, I I really like to eat, but I don't eat a lot of um, sweets. So, let's say cake or cookies. I don't eat a lot of them, especially during the tournament or while I'm right. playing, because it's gonna. It's like if you're playing and eating cookies, your sugar is gonna crush at some point, and then you can. It's very hard to take it back. So you don't want to get that. Uh, crash during your tournament or or while you're playing. So basically, when I'm on the golf course, I just eat bananas or some um, some easy to digest carb like some sandwiches, well, like peanut butter sandwiches, but not right. a big amount of it. Um, I think just because when I'm playing, I'm not a big eater, so I have a little bite of every like every other hole or three holes. So that kind of keeps my sugar uh, level, so not goes up too high or down too low. Right, and and also in addition to that too, hydration is very very important. I mean, you're playing up in sort of the north uh, northeast right now, 
Um, so even though it's starting to get warmer, it's I'm, I'm in Florida, by the way, so just give you an idea, we've been uh, battling here in, in the area that I am, a little bit of a drought. So we've had, you know, 95 plus degree uh, temperatures with the humidity. Um, so obviously, you know, we're battling a little bit different than what you are, but hydration is also very important. So, you know, you want to make sure you're drinking a lot of water and, and other things that, uh, that can help keep you hyd- yeah, hydrated because, you know, People think that, you know, golf is not an endurance sport because you're not running and you're not, you know, uh, moving quickly in, in comparison to other sports or activities. But, you know, when you're walking 18 holes and it's out in the blistering sun uh, and you don't hydrate, it's very easy to get, you know, um, very lethargic, you know, especially when you made the turn at, at uh, onto number 10 and, and so on. You, you, can, you can really derail a, a good round uh, if you're not well hydrated. So that's important as well. What about fitness, yeah. uh, Min? Uh, are you uh, somebody that I mean? Obviously, you're very young, so you're in good shape and, and good fitness. Um, but do you work out uh, religiously? Do you have a workout routine that you sort of adhere to, or are you just um, somebody that works out a little bit, or or what do you do? Uh, so uh, early this year, as I I've mentioned on the on the web Symmetra uh, website that. Uh, I hurt my back uh, early this year in March, so uh, ever since then I can't really do a lot of heavy weight or lifting um, training. So now I'm just more focusing on, you know, do a lot of good stretch and then do a lot of core and um, maybe on my back training. So um, I think I work out maybe twice a week during the tournament just so... I can have a good um, muscle memories or uh, have a uh, flexibility to uh, maintain my swing for the, ter- right. for the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's good too. You know, I, I think you can, again, much like the food and the nutrition, you can go overboard too. And I think there's nothing wrong with those that really like to uh, enjoy a good workout. It gives them that, you know, adrenaline pump, if you will. Um, but you can overdo it as well, and obviously that makes you more susceptible to injuries. And I think the stretching, you know, golf is a little bit different. One of the one of the um, no-nos, if you will, in golf is you don't want to get really. Um, and this is again, I'm leaning more to the towards the men's side, but you don't want to really get bulked up or uh, or overextended with with uh, you know big muscles or too big muscles because that's going to affect how you swing the club. It's going to get in the way, if you will, if you're, you know, you're walking around like, and I hate to say this, but, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was in his heyday, I mean, he was like a big bulky uh, man, and, and it's just not good for, for golf players. And definitely if you're a woman, you don't want to do that. Right. But, um, but you know, obviously stretching and working on your core muscles because those are muscles that really engage in the golf swing. So I, I like your approach. I think, again, like the food, you know, you're you're conscious of it, you're mindful of it, but you don't overdo it. So I think that's some great advice. And and obviously you yeah you, um, yeah you you've had a lot of amateur uh, events, uh, proams that you've played, and I'm sure over the years uh, since you've been out on tour, and you see uh, on both sides, you see people that maybe uh, could use a little exercise, and and others that maybe don't eat well when they're on the golf course. So um, right. that's something that you yeah you can kind of learn from. I, I want to move to an area, man, that that a lot of amateurs really struggle with, and I'm sure even professionals on some level, uh, and that's uh, out in the range. You know, when you're warming up, uh, whether it be before a tournament or maybe a practice session, uh, I don't know if you work with a, a swing coach or not over the years, but how do you prioritize your time on the range? When you do go to the range, 
um, let's say, let's take it, we'll use two examples. Let's say when you're uh, um, in a practice session, how much time do you typically uh, work on the range uh, in a practice session? And then we'll talk about, uh, you know, uh, leading up to the tournament, you know, before you go out to, in the first round or what have you, you know, what do you typically do in that warm-up session? So let's talk about in a, at a traditional practice session outside of a tournament. What do you do typically work on and, and how much time do you normally spend? So I think I'm one of the person that's not like a very traditional Asian players, uh, which they practice a lot. Um, I'm the person that uh, practice very, I'll say very smart as my standing point. <laughs> but um, <laughs> definitely on the range, on a range, I don't spend a lot of time because, you know, at our level is everything is kind of very, everybody's at that level. So you don't try so hard of, you know, hitting, beating a lot of balls and then trying to warm up your energy. So uh, right. when I'm on the range, I mean, I maybe spend like 30 to 45 minutes to just to maintain my swing and try to have a good tempo. And then, well, if I don't swing well, then I may uh, spend a little more time, but Basically, right. when I'm on a range, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to hit uh, the shot that I want or hit it to the distance that I want. Especially with my like inside hundred yards, I might have like ninety, eighty, seventy, or sixty yards to the target, and then just just trying to land the ball on the on the target. But um, on a range is just very easy. Just trying to have a good contact with the ball, and then just to just to see how my ball flies for the week. Um, and then I'll go to the putting green, just do some speed drill or some um, some short putts. So uh, I don't practice a lot. I just trying to have a good tempo, as I as I said all the time. Just you know have a good contact, and then have a good feel about my golf game. And chipping, well, chipping might be the most thing that I I've been working on. So uh, right. for the last uh, past few years, chipping has been my weakness part of my golf game. So um, this off season, I've been working really hard with my coach. Uh, his name is Henry Rice, as may, uh, maybe a lot of people knows about him. So we right. spent four days in California and really focusing on our um, short game section. So, um, and I got a lot of uh, good influence by practicing a lot. We were we were out on the golf course from eight to six, eight in the morning to six p.m. So um, we just practiced a lot of golf, uh, short game, and a lot of uh, different kind of shot uh, to prepare the tournament. So when I go to the tournament, I just try to have a good technique and good contact with the ball and just trying to hit it to the spot to where I want to and just, you know, trying to have a good feel about everything. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's some great uh, words of wisdom, if you will, for a lot of our amateur players that uh, might be listening into the show this morning, because I think one of the biggest mistakes, and I'm sure, again, you've seen it um, when you're in a program and, you know, you're up there working on the range, uh, you know, warming up for the, for the event and your group is sort of there with you. And you watch them, and, and a lot of them just sort of, you know, sort of what we call in the, in the uh, teaching side of golf, you know, they sort of rake and hit balls. They don't really, you know, plan out each shot or, or go through a pre-shot routine. They just sort of pull the next ball over and hit it, and 
you know, maybe watch where it goes. And if it goes in a great spot that they want, they're happy. And if it doesn't, well, then they get frustrated and they start tinkering around and making a lot of swing changes, even sometimes right before they're about to play in an event. So, um, which is not a good idea. Um, so what do you say when you're in a pro-am and maybe you've got some of your playing partners nearby and obviously they know you're a professional, so they, I'm sure from time to time, solicit your advice. What do you say to them for them to practice on the range what they should be really focusing on? Well, well, I play a lot of pro and with um, different kind of players. And then, uh, as you said, there's um, some people will come and ask me, oh, what do you think what I should do or, you know, why, why I cannot hit it straight? But the first thing I will say is to find a good coach and go and go have a, <laughs> yeah, and go and practice. But I think the most thing is a lot of people doesn't have a good swing coach. So right. a lot of people just go out. Well, when they first play golf, they just go out to the range and have maybe seven iron and try, just try to beat the ball and swing like a baseball player or a tennis player. Right. So uh, I think the most important thing is just to find a good coach that um, matches you because uh, – Different coaches might teach the same thing, but the way that I exp- uh, the way they explain it, it's uh, right. very different. So you really have to find a person that um, have the same tune as you, so you can understand what mm-hmm. they're saying, and um, just to just stay with it, and you believe that they can they can help you, and just keep working on the thing that they told you. So when I have something that I need to work on, I practice more. Just uh, I don't care about where the ball goes. I just uh, focusing on what I'm doing right now. And then after I I can do it, I just start to um, try to have different kind of shots. So it's very important to have a good coach and that uh, you understand what they say. Right. And and let's just sort of shift, and, I, and I don't, you don't need to spend a lot of time here because I think I already know the answer anyways, but when you go to the, the practice range at an event, you know, obviously before each round, what you're really doing, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you're really just warming up, uh, you know, again, just sort of getting the muscles warmed up a little bit, but really to sort of find what game you're going to be taking out in the course that day. So obviously a lot can change. Um, but you're really sort of ascertaining. You're not there to, to work on a lot of swing fixes and things like that at that time because you're about ready to go and tee it up in a, in a short time. You're really there just to sort of warm up, loosen up, and just kind of say, okay, what game am I taking to the golf course today? Correct? Yes, definitely. So I have a lot of uh, different kind of caddies, and then but most of the caddy, when they first saw me uh, warming up on the range before the tournament, they always say, you're so, you're so fast. Because there's so many players, um, maybe their first uh, first time on the uh, on the tour, they take a lot of time that maybe an hour and a half or almost two hours at events to the tee time and try to warm up. And then, you know, sometimes if they don't hit it good, they try to hit more balls. And then at the end, when they mm-hmm. go down to the course, they don't have the energy to maintain their uh, swing or right. mental uh, mental level. So for me, it's like I only take maybe – 15 minutes to warm up just so my body is loose because I already have my game. It's there. So whatever, um, if I don't swing well, it might be just because today, or maybe sometimes I don't have a good mindset to the tournament. So 
um, also my brain, what, what my brain thinks that might change my swing. So I'm just trying to have a good mental level and then try to lose up my muscle and then just go out and play golf. Yeah, that's a very interesting point, Min, that you bring up um, about, you know, warming up too long. Um, because, you know, again, even though you're not running a marathon out there, uh, you do have to have good stamina when you're, you know, you're talking about several hours that you're going to be out in the golf course. You're battling sometimes with heat or, or you know, tough conditions and uh, both physically and mentally. So, you know, as you said, for some of the newer players that are coming out, um, particularly can really uh, take heed to what you just said because, uh, again, if you're out there and you're practicing for an hour and a half to two hours before you're about to tee it up, and you get to the first tee and you're, you know, in my case, I'd have to take a nap because I'd be too tired, you know, to be able to play the round after a two-hour, you know, warm-up session. So um, that's a very interesting point that you raise. And, um, you know, that's something, again, that the amateurs need to take more. You know, what they don't understand is is a warm-up before a round is entirely different, as you pointed out, than an actual practice session. Because a practice session, you're, you're there to – discover your swing and, and work on specific fundamentals and things like that, where a warm-up session is really just to sort of get yourself prepared for the round and uh, both mentally and just sort of warm up and get the muscles loose and, and what have you. Uh, and you're not there to really try to fix anything um, during a warm-up session. So that, that's a very important distinction, and, and, and I thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to move on because we're, we're getting close to, to having to wrap up here, but I want to give you a few more minutes, uh, if you can spare it, to, uh, to talk about a few other things. Um, you touched on a little bit earlier in the first segment about really sort of finding a balance in your daily life, both with golf and family and friends. That is obviously something very important to you as well, because you can't just be there grinding it out week in, week out on tour without having some, some extracurricular and outside golf life um, activities. So what do you typically, when you're not on the golf course, what do you like to do for fun? So uh, as I might read it on the, my bio that, when I was about six years old, I played piano for eight years until I started golf. So when I started golf, I quit playing piano. So um, right now, when I'm out of golf, I'm just, if I have piano around, I'll just play it like for hours. <laughs> and right. um, I think music has been very important to my life that uh, just kind of clear out my mind and then make me slow down a lot. Uh, as my mom, as my mom always told me that when I was like baby, when I just born, if I'm like crying and or like very loud, she would just play some, like she would just play some music, and I'll be like very quiet. And I'll be like shocked, <laughs> like oh, what happened right now? This is good. <laughs> so whenever I'm right. crying, she just play the music, and I'll be quiet. So I think music has been very um, important to my life. So this is part of my life. And then recently I just bought a guitar and I just start to learn how to play guitar. So I have new tools on my, on my, uh, on my way to be more like a musician. <laughs> but, right. Um, I think that's yeah, fantastic. I yeah. I think that's of, fantastic. Yeah. I play a lot of music in my life. So um, either I don't play music, I listen to music or um, yeah, I'm learning new instruments. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good to challenge yourself in other ways. I mean, obviously, what you're doing week in, week out on the golf course is extremely challenging for those that, you know, have ever played golf at any level, know how difficult golf can be at times. So that's a that's a big challenge. But learning an instrument as well, 
uh, and also trust me, I, I've played a little guitar over the years. I haven't for a little while, and I've been kind of itching to, to pick it back up myself. So uh, you may be some insp inspiration for me to do that. Um, but um, yeah, go you know, you've got to find it. some. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do that. Um, the other thing, I just on a side note, since you like music, and I know this is gonna, this is probably dating myself um, with my age, but um, this past weekend, I don't know whether you enjoy watching movies or not. Uh, so I'm going to give a little plug for this movie, but I saw this past weekend The Rocket Man, which of course is the story of Elton John, and Elton John obviously was before your time, but I'm sure you know who he is. Um, it talks a little bit about his life. It's a very interesting, uh, obviously it talks about a lot of the songs and how they came about, but it really talks about in depth his personal life. So I don't know whether you're a movie watcher, um, but it's a very interesting movie. So if you get a chance sometime in the next little while, uh, go and see that while it's still at a theater because it's, it is a very good movie. So that's that's my uh, shameless plug, if you will, on the show uh, is go see The Rocket Man, I'm which is the story of Elton. <laughs> yeah, Elton John. It is a very good, uh, a very good movie, and, and the gentleman that played Elton in the in the movie did a fantastic job. Um, I know you talked a little bit about mentally preparing yourself for a round. You know, you do that obviously uh, multiple ways, um, but I want to ask you um, because you mentioned about going in to tournaments not with really particularly now with a lower expectation how do you handle disappointment because again you're not going to win every tournament uh you're not going to hit every shot just perfect and you know when you're again playing once in a while that's kind of expected but when you're playing week in week out that obviously can wear on you if you're not playing well what do you do to handle that how do you mentally um you know sort of get yourself psyched up for a round and when the round doesn't go the way you had hoped it goes and obviously there's going to be some disappointment. How do you handle that? What do you do or what do you say to yourself uh, to sort of keep yourself energized uh, to be able to continue on? So as I said, like last few years, I have a lot of, like I have very high expectations. So I really want to, let's say, oh, I, I know I can win a tournament. So I'm expecting that I can win the tournament. But at the end, I maybe I didn't or maybe I missed a cut. So I get really disappointed. And then now the way that I found to deal with it, it just, as I said, very low expectations. So I don't have any – well, I don't have – I don't expecting that I'll be on – I'll be, like, very successful or – no, not very successful, but, like, I don't think winning is very important to me. So right. now I have, like, it just feels like low expectation that tells everything because I, I don't expect very high um, level uh, or winning a tournament. Just, you know, so I have less disappointment. Like, I don't feel very disappointed about if I didn't make any gold or something. And then plus I have my mom with me and I have a lot of friends that the friend that came over from Orlando, um, they just supported me all the time. They believing me. They just, no matter what, that they're just, they're always supporting me. So I'm really glad that I have friends and my family's very supportive. Yeah, and that that's that is very important because you know having a good support system. I think a lot of people define success. Obviously, everybody defines it in different ways, but I think some people look at themselves and say, "Well, you know, I didn't win this or I didn't accomplish that, so I don't feel very successful." But really, success, uh, in its in my opinion, in its truest form, is that you go out and you learn new things and you develop you know skills and 
you know, you have a balanced life. I mean, obviously playing professional golf is something that you started very early on and you enjoy it, obviously, or you wouldn't be continuing to play it. Um, you've had some ups and downs, I'm sure, along the way and some disappointments, but you've also had some successes. So you know that you're able to compete at that level. You know you can do it. You know you can win because you've done that already uh, and you're going to continue to do that. But you're not so entrenched in I've got to win, I've got to win, that if something happened, you know, God forbid, and you couldn't play golf tomorrow, you're going to be okay with that because you have other interests like music and other things outside of golf um, that help to balance your life. And I think that's, in my opinion, what real success is, not how much money you have or how many wins you have or, you know, how far up the corporate ladder you climb. It's really about having a balanced life and enjoying life because, you know, I mean, if you think about some of the people that we see um, and hear about in, in, in news all the time over the last, well, for me, several decades, you know, you see them going out and they're striving for perfection all the time. And when they don't get it, they're so disappointed that it literally derails the rest of their life. And, you know, you sound like you're, you're a very, very intelligent young woman who has uh, a clear understanding of really what the important things are in life. And that is really your own happiness, just being happy and enjoying life and sharing your experiences with those that are close to you and learning and meeting new people along the way, obviously is, is a bonus as well. So you've got a very good head on your shoulders. Your mother and, and, and father and that should be very, very proud of how they raised you. Um, I think they've done a great job. And I think um, in, in having you exposed to other things as well and not just golf. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So, so on that, on that very positive ending note, uh, we'll have to wrap it up, but uh Man, I want to thank you very, very much for not only joining me this morning here, but sticking around a little bit longer. I know it's probably longer than than uh, what you originally anticipated, but I appreciate it very much. Uh, and, and I think it was very insightful and I hope very educational for some of the folks listening out there uh, this morning, um, you know, from literally all around the globe that tune in here. Um, and, uh, you know, I think sometimes people that take up this game, especially at the amateur level, get out there and they're very, very hard on themselves. And here's somebody... Um, who obviously plays at the highest level of the game, who just says, you know what, it's okay if I don't win. Uh, I'd like to win, and I'm going to do my best while I'm out there, but if I don't win, it's not the end of the world. There's other things that are important in my life, too, that I can enjoy and celebrate and have fun with, and uh, I'm going to keep trying my best to, to, to play it, but and hopefully the wins will come along the way. So um, some very sound advice you've given uh, the audience this morning and uh, again, congratulations on the win. And again, happy birthday. Uh, welcome to uh, year 24. And I hope it's a successful year uh, in many, many ways. And I hope you continue to, to win tournaments uh, and reach some of those goals that you've set for yourself. Uh, but if not, uh, get out and practice that guitar and keep working on the piano as well. Um, and just enjoy life. Thank you very much. And, I, and win again so you can come back. It's been a, a honestly, it's been a, a great pleasure. I've enjoyed speaking with you. It's uh, probably one of my uh, all-time favorite interviews. You've just been a great guest, and I've really enjoyed it. And, I, and again, I thank you for sticking around a little bit longer this morning. And uh, I hope you win again this season so you can come back and join us. And I promise next time I'll make sure that Cindy's here with us as well. <laughs> thank you very much. I really enjoyed uh, talking with you too. And then uh, I'm very... I'm really happy to share uh, things about me to the people listening right now and hope uh, everything will help you to uh, bring you to up another level of golf. 
Well, I appreciate it, and I think the audience definitely uh, learned a little bit about you, and I think it's nice that you were able to share it with us this morning. So, Min, go and enjoy uh, Atlantic City and, and at the ShopRite Classic this week. Uh, good luck with it. I hope uh, everything goes well. And if not, uh, you're celebrating, again, a, a win already and your birthday, so have some more fun. Um, but just go out and enjoy it and just uh, and play your best. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye for now. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right, that was my very special guest this morning, Min Lee, winner of the 2019 Valley Forge Invitation on the Symmetra Tour. And obviously, as she mentioned, she's in Atlantic City uh, getting ready to play uh, on the uh, area in the LPJ ShopRite Classic uh, up in Atlantic City. So we wish her well there. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, Cindy, um, as far as I know, is coming back next week. I don't think she has anything else going on, but uh, hopefully she'll be joining us uh, again next week. But thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in this morning. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you learned some things from it as well. And uh, we will continue to uh, do what we can on the show to help elevate women's golf. Uh, on that note, I'm Ted Rico, and on behalf of uh, myself and Cindy Miller, we want to thank you for joining this morning. And uh, don't forget to listen to uh, the closing outro uh, to find some other great ways that you can tune into the show as well. God bless everyone, and I'll see you next week on the Women of Golf. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and, of course, Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.